Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today, we will finish with part three, the top quarterbacks of the 1970s. At number four, we have Bob Greasy, who played his entire decade with the Miami Dolphins. The familiar knock on Greasy is all he had to do was hand the ball off to Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, and Jim Kick. But it just isn't true. It is true that the Dolphins had one of the most dominant running games in NFL history. But people tend to forget that it only lasted for three seasons. 1971, 72, and 73, and maybe a little bit in 1974. But Greasy played 14 seasons. In 1967, he won the AFL Rookie of the Year Award. The following year, Bob played in the AFL All-Star Game. Greasy struggled in his third season, but he came back in 1970 to lead the Dolphins to their first playoff appearance and also played in the Pro Bowl. In 1971, he led his team to the Super Bowl, made the All-Pro team, and placed fourth in MVP votes. Greasy broke his ankle in Week 5 of the 1972 season, but returned in the postseason to help lead his team to an undefeated season and a Super Bowl victory. Greasy again made the Pro Bowl in 1973 and led his team to their second Super Bowl victory. 1974 was another Pro Bowl season for Greasy, but the Dolphins did not make it back to the Super Bowl, nor would they again for the remainder of Greasy's career. Greasy had a good season in 1975 until a broken toe in Week 10 ended his season prematurely. Miami finished the season at 10-4 and but failed to reach the playoffs. 1976 was not a particularly good season for Greasy or the Dolphins, but he had perhaps his best season in 1977. He led the league in touchdown throws, made the All-Pro team, and placed second in MVP votes. And oh, by the way, Zonka, Morris, Kick, and Greasy's favorite receiver, Paul Warfield, were no longer with the team. Greasy missed the beginning of the 1978 season due to a knee injury and a preseason game. But he started nine games, led the league with a 63% pass completion, made the Pro Bowl again, and led the Dolphins to the playoffs. Age and injuries began to take their toll on Greasy, 
who retired after the 1980 season. In my opinion, his place in the Hall of Fame is well deserved. At number three, we have Fran Tarkington, played for the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings 1970 to 1978. After five Pro Bowl seasons in the 1960s, Tarkington began the decade of the 1970s with yet another Pro Bowl season, leading the Giants to their first winning season since 1963 and finishing third in NFL MVP votes. But the following season did not go well for Tarkington or the Giants, and he was traded back to his original team, the Vikings. After a so-so 1972 season, Tarkenton led his Vikings to the Super Bowl in 1973 with an impressive 93.2 passer rating. In 1974, Tarkington made his seventh Pro Bowl and again led his team to the Super Bowl. In 1975, at age 35, Tarkenton may have had the best season of his career leading the league in both completions and touchdown throws. For his efforts, he was named All-Pro and NFL MVP. In 1976, Tarkenton led the league in completions, made the Pro Bowl again, and led the Vikings to their third Super Bowl in four years. Tarkenton's 1977 season was an injury-shortened one, but he still led the league in completion percentage. Tarkenton led the league in completions and passing yardage in his final season in 1978. He retired with 342 passing touchdowns, which 45 years later still ranks 11th all-time. Of course, the knock on Tarkenton is that he went 0-3 in Super Bowls. But to place the blame solely on him is hardly fair. Football is, after all, a team game. At number two, we have Terry Bradshaw, who played the entire decade of the 70s with the Pittsburgh Steelers. To say Bradshaw struggled in his first two seasons is an understatement. He threw only 19 touchdown passes compared to 46 interceptions. His next two seasons were better but still not what the Steelers expected from him. After four seasons, it wasn't an exaggeration to say Bradshaw was thus far a disappointment. 1974 didn't start much better for Bradshaw, as he lost his starting position to Joe Gilliam. Bradshaw won his job back and helped lead the Steelers to their first Super Bowl victory. After five seasons of up-and-down performances, Bradshaw had his breakout season in 1975, throwing twice as many touchdowns as interceptions, playing in his first Pro Bowl, and finishing with an 88.0 passer rating, the best of his career. To top it off, the Steelers won the Super Bowl again. Bradshaw, bothered by injuries in 1976, couldn't match his 1975 season, nor could the Steelers, as they failed in their bid for a three-peat. 1977 wasn't a great year for Bradshaw or the Steelers, 
but he came back strong in 1978, leading the league in touchdown throws. He was named All-Pro for the first time in his career and won the NFL MVP award. The Steelers won their third Super Bowl and Bradshaw was named the game MVP. Bradshaw repeated as Super Bowl MVP the following season as the Steelers won Super Bowl number four. One week later, he played in his third Pro Bowl. He also placed fourth in MVP voting that season. There are some who believe that Bradshaw should be ranked number one based on his four Super Bowl rings. But I can't go along with that logic, as Bradshaw did not win those rings all by himself. But I will say this, despite not having overly impressive career statistics, Bradshaw's postseason record is 14 wins and 5 losses, and that counts for a lot. At number one, we have Roger Staubach, played the entire decade of the 1970s with the Dallas Cowboys. Staubach didn't get much playing time until he was named a starter in his third season. He led the league with an off-the-charts 104.8 passer rating, played in the Pro Bowl, placed second in MVP votes, and led the Cowboys to a Super Bowl victory, where he was named the game's MVP. Roger missed almost the entire 1972 season due to a shoulder injury, but he came back in 1973 to lead the league in both touchdowns and passer reading. 1974 wasn't one of Rodgers' better years as both he and the Cowboys struggled, missing the playoffs for the first time since 1965. Staubach put his leadership skills to use the following season, leading a much younger team with 12 rookies back to the Super Bowl and putting himself back into the Pro Bowl. 1976 was another Pro Bowl season for Staubach, but the Cowboys fell short of another Super Bowl appearance. Roger made his fourth Pro Bowl in 1977, and more importantly, he helped lead the Cowboys to their second Super Bowl victory. Staubach led the league in passer rating in 1978, made his fifth Pro Bowl, and placed fourth in MVP votes and helped lead the Cowboys to their fifth Super Bowl appearance. Rodgers' final season may have been his best as he led the league in passer rating for the fourth time in nine years. He made the Pro Bowl for the fifth year in a row. He made the All-Pro team and placed fourth in MVP votes. Staubach's record as the Cowboys' starting quarterback is an impressive 96 wins and 35 losses. That concludes our podcast and our look at the top 1970s quarterbacks. Hope you enjoyed it. Take care and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. 
This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcasts. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcasts. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.